You are now listening to The Open Canvas. This is Taj Alexander. I'm here with a painter, an artist, and a good friend. His work has a lot of themes and concepts that are amazing. So without any further ado, I'll allow you to introduce yourself, man. Thank you for having me, Taj. I'm Hunter Potter. I'm a pop and Americana abstract painter, like you just hinted at. It's real concept heavy, large scale, kind of just whatever rolls off the brain comes onto the canvas. Nice, man. Well, thank you for being on the podcast, man. I mean, we've been trying to get this going for a minute, but I feel like now's the right time. So I really appreciate you being on, man. Definitely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We met through, was it, was it Ben and Jordan? I think Ben and Jordan. Yeah. 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 So I I knew Ben and Jordan. Uh, Shout out to those guys. Not too long before we actually met, but I think we met for the first time at the old apartment you guys had. Yeah. Where was that? That was in Bushwick, living in a... uh, Living in a basement that we tur- <laughs> turned into a, a studio, bedroom, whatever you want to call it. Yo, shout out to that place. But for those who remember, like, can you explain like what that house even meant? Because there was a lot of things going on there and a yeah. lot of people coming in and out. So just yeah. explain what you guys created that space to be. So that house was, it couldn't have been better. That was my, that was my stepping stone into New York. Mm. It was a, uh, just a house full of people all trying to do their own thing. You had Ben, who's the king of the network, and just making connections, using all of his talents to do whatever he's got to do. You had Vinny, who's really talented musician, surfer, vagabond, just character, <laughs> holding down one corner of the house. There was a bedroom that was kind of just a rotating cast of people, everyone from my buddy Drew, who runs a print shop, to people that were just there for a day or a night or a week or whatever. And then if you wander down into the basement, you had a wide open floor plan basement that we hung a curtain on each end of, which we <laughs> considered our bedroom. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole middle of the space was used for anything creative, split by me and Jordan. So he would be making one-off clothing, suit jackets from scratch, anything like that. And then on the other side, there'd be paint, canvas, whatever. And I'd kind of be just tucked away in my little corner living under the stairs nah man the spot was crazy I mean when I went down there and I went into the basement just seeing like a bunch of cats down there I met so many people that night I mean I don't think you realize I think I even met JMP that same night as well yeah he was he was a couch character (laughs) yeah Yeah, shout out to him And, and it was just dope because I feel like even like with so much going on and like you painting and then you had like photographers and videographers coming through yep. and different people in production and then you had some of like the younger cats like you know from the neighborhood yeah just coming through too just chilling catching the vibe even like just if they're curious to ask about any of the work that's happening in the house yeah. and that was just dope to see it was like really organic and authentic you know you guys really became a part of the community and Absolutely. I was only there once, but I felt like you guys were like a staple for the community. You guys like were really yeah. there for the people. And, you know, any of the creative things that you guys were doing, you were like free and open to share what you were working on. Totally. Um, so just that sort of that community vibe you guys created was like just crazy. You know, it's crazy. So just nothing but respect to you and the whole crew for like doing that. For yeah. real. For real. And if if we weren't there, we were on the stoop. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, <laughs> yeah with all the, with every all the neighbors, which was quite the cast of characters so <laughs> it was fun yeah man who else had me i think i met um v live as well over there too he was like just going through as well but yeah, yeah shout out to him as well well first where are you even from i'm from syracuse new york okay. upstate yeah upstate nice like and like born and raised there or born and raised nice yeah. nice I, I was born in buffalo so not too oh, far from okay. there <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so what was it like growing up there man 
you kind of just had to had to fend for yourself in terms of art. It's just such a blue collar area. Yeah. Um, there's not a obviously there's Syracuse University and stuff, so there is a, a pocket scene. By the time I got into it, I guess my outlet for it, my avenue into that scene was freight train graffiti, mm. which oddly enough there is. I, I would say kind of a large scene for that within Syracuse. Really? Um, so I had left, I went to school in Vermont, the University of Vermont, and came back, was just working commercial construction, following the, the blue-collar Syracuse path, and kind of just through this band of little outlaw friends I made who were all ahead of me in the graffiti game. Mm. I've... I never, I was a toy. I, n- I never even made it that far, <laughs> no, but no. it at least lit the fire that I needed to kind of get into it. And uh, so, so what, what was that time period like? Like what, what type of graphing were you doing? Uh, it was just, it was, it was mayhem. It was, <laughs> it was fun. So yeah, Jordan and I were actually living back in Syracuse. We had an apartment and then we left that apartment to live in a half restored half rehabbed uh factory space Mm. so we had like a probably 2500 square foot factory space that was just you know we had couches where we slept and everything but it was just a revolving door of just people trying to make something happen um on any given you could have people building a mini ramp in there to shooting off fireworks to painting to it was just it was it was kind of surreal yeah yeah so we did that and uh that building was probably a five minute walk from the railroad tracks so these friends of mine that i had made and that are still you know they'll be in my wedding party these were good dudes yeah um we would just sit around there scheme plan gather our paint whatever and just walk to the railroad and kind of see what would happen Mm. and uh that was my avenue into it because even if i wasn't actually painting it was kind of just the romance of it of you could go and just watch these trains go by with a camera and take pictures and see these productions and themes and hmm. that that's kind of where i would think like my love for a well thought out concept came through because hmm. you know you'd see a million just standard graffiti pieces go by and then every you know one out of ten you would see one that was you could tell had been a full night-long production in some train yard that had characters and a theme and the whole thing from end to end of the train car made sense and, yeah and that kind of, and those stood out those were the ones that you know you wanted the photo of and that you kind of became obsessed with yeah absolutely and so with aerosol and with the spray paint and things i never had the either the talent or even i guess just the guts to pull it off so i kind of took that obsession and tried to apply it to a realm that I knew I could actually get my hands into which was canvas work which I had gone to I went to school for painting but I just hadn't really found my path yet or found nothing had clicked yet yeah absolutely absolutely so when you sort of transition from graffiti to like canvas work what was sort of that transition like were you sort of painting things that you saw or were you like yeah. what was sort of your, your your pathway into that yeah for a little while it it still relied on the graffiti which is mm. you know my state of art i'm least proud of that mm. that's that's the, <laughs> the corny stuff that no. i think i think every person that's ever made that transition gets stuck in that for a little bit just because mm. it's all you know but then it just kind of went you know kind of takes a step back from there and you start to think all right so you have this canvas you know there's no cops chasing you there's no time limit you're not walking through the snow you're not so you have all the time in the world to perfect this canvas so it's kind of like if you had that in another realm what would you do with it and that's when you start to go on to these concepts um if you were going to do xyz 
on a train car in the middle of the night with you know minimal light and you're nervous and everything well if you're going to do xyz then now in this element or in this environment i can do a b c d yeah you know all the way to xyz because there's no rush completely thought out yeah. exactly yeah and so you know starting with that what were what were the things about it that i love what what was the romance of that? So a lot of my first pieces at that time did involve the romance of the railroad, you know, the the boxcars, the the traveling communication, the people that you would have never otherwise met, the hobos, the whatever, you know, so kind of taking what had drawn me to the graffiti, sucking it out of graffiti and putting it into something that was, at least in my head, going to last or going to come out better than the skill set I had on the railroad. Mm, mm, definitely, definitely. So now, mm. like, during this time, you're still living in Syracuse, or did you move already? Still in Syracuse okay. at this time. Yeah, yeah. So, so for that time period, when you're sort of getting into canvas work, were you just sort of doing it for yourself, or were you, like, also thinking, like, how can I get this out? Yeah. Like, how can I share it? Yeah. Yeah. So I had, I had uh, created a little bit of a network through the graffiti world and through just the tools that everyone was using, the Instagram and all of that just kind of trying to establish just something bigger than actual Syracuse so yeah. when it when it started to um happen on canvas and then you know started to make some things I was actually proud of um kind of the next step for me was you know all or nothing because it was it was at this point we're looking back on it at an honest point of just sure I was working construction bartending at night whatever but not like I said nothing had clicked I hadn't found that like that path that passion fruit yet that yeah, yeah. you know that just like makes it all come together right right and so when I started to feel that that little tingle happening with art it was kind of just all right you know I'll get what I can out of Syracuse but there was there was already a realization that this was you know this was the first step on the staircase yeah you know so yeah. Get all you can out of Syracuse, make the connections, make the friends, make the memories, whatever. But every anyone from there, like you said, you're from Buffalo, and that it's a it's a limited pool. It's right. a you know, it's a pond and a fish is only gonna grow so big, you kinda gotta go to the ocean. So Absolutely. so right off the bat there was an understanding that that was a time period that had a clear start and a clear finish, mm. you know, and there was gonna be a move. Right. And uh, New York is the logical move for most people on the East Coast, you know, for those like I didn't necessarily have the guts or the confidence to throw my stuff in a car and head to LA mm -hmm. or throw, you know, but I, I certainly had the confidence to go five hours downstate and fend for myself. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's a, a really great point that you're making in regards to like, like even realizing like, you know, when you said it's like an all or nothing moment, even like you're still very early in your sort absolutely. of creative process and even like your, your skill level. Right. But you notice that there's something there. You know, and you notice that there's something real and you have to sort of act on it or else you feel like a part of you would be dying inside if you don't, totally. you know, so I fully respect that, man, because I think a lot of creatives go through that and sort of like realizing, especially if they're serious about their work, like having that moment of like, you know, am I really going to commit to this or right. am I just going to like use it as just a passing hobby, which is fine. There's nothing right. wrong with that. Right. But, um, you know, definitely respect to you for making that like making that next step, because even though that's probably the hardest step to make. You know, once you make it, it's like you're rewarding yourself by following your passion. Absolutely. You know? and, yeah. and another perk of having realized that, let's say, before being in the city, you know, let, let's say Syracuse had gotten stale just on, on some life stuff. Syracuse gets stale, you get bored, you move to a new place. My Now my rent's four times higher. I'm searching for a new job and I still, nothing has still clicked. Mm. So 
luckily it didn't happen that way the click happened before the move so yeah. i kind of was able to use syracuse almost as like a premeditated move of like okay i know i'm going to right now life in syracuse is cheap i'm established in terms of having a job and stuff i'm on my own um so this little time while i'm waiting for one lease to run out and planning the next move again like let's get everything out of it this is the time to do the research mm -hmm. so you know even down to the corniest level that's when i started collecting art books reading how had other people done it which is probably the you know the worst way no. to research that but <laughs> yeah, yeah. but at that age you, know, you got I, something from it <laughs> right like I, I was young that was that was my that was my self-education of mm. trying to teach myself about that world so luckily i was able to do all that research and you know come and visit people in the city or get a taste test dip my toes in the water i got to do all of that before before the lease was in my name right. before the bills were actually here so syracuse the tail end of my syracuse was like when you're getting ready for a trip get mm. all your ducks in a row mm. and rather than a trip it was a whole move to yeah. new york yeah Ma that's major right there because <clears throat> when i think about it like even like if it's a circumstance it's situational or like where you're living what you're doing like i think for a lot of us we almost see that as like the obstacle or the barrier it's like i'm not where i want to be absolutely and like I think that's a great way to look at it because you sort of use Syracuse and that lifestyle and saying, okay, this isn't the final goal, right? but I'm not going to act like I can't like utilize this part of my life and this place and the situation I am so that it can sort of like position me for when I am ready to make that move. Right. So, so that's a, definitely a great point to make, man, because I think a lot of times we look at like our current situation or like what's going wrong or the things that like we don't have or we're not able to do. And we're like, that's going to hold us back. Yeah, it's a scapegoat. It's a scapegoat. Yeah. It's an easy thing. Instead of like using that and saying like, actually, there is there's actually an advantage to the situation that I'm in and like using that to propel you um, and finding out how you can use the opportunity where most people don't see the opportunity. Absolutely. You know, so that's dope, man. So moving from Syracuse to straight to New York. Yep. How was that transition? Like, where did you move in the city for the first time? To the basement. To that spot. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Dope. Dope. Yeah. So, so now you're in the city and you're sort of trying to figure things out. Was it a big shift for you, or were you like mentally prepared for it? Or? Yeah. So actually, <laughs> that 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 whole story is hilarious. <laughs> Talk about it. So, Talk about it. So, you know, the I'm living with Jordan in that factory space in Syracuse. He's making clothes. I'm painting. We're both getting to the point where we think that there's there's actually the potential to do something more with this. Mm. And, uh, you know, my portfolio, at least in my own head, which is probably a skewed vision, but my portfolio <laughs> was getting stronger. We start to realize like, all right, something's gonna happen here. We decide we're gonna do New York and we get in touch with Ben, who we knew through school, mm -hmm. who's living in the house we described earlier. Sure enough, he has room, which was that basement. And he's signing that lease as we speak. We hadn't even seen the place. We blindly just say, you know, we'll take it. Um, so Jordan and I pretty much over over FaceTime and, you know, text messaging agree to this to this lease. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of one of those like, holy shit, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing going this. to New York. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, so that that's the first thing that happens. And then him and I kind of get this like little kiddish thing of like, well, we can't just, you know, leave Syracuse, go to New York. Like, let's, let's have one last hurrah, let's celebrate, whatever. <laughs> so we actually, when we, when our lease ends in Syracuse, we have to clear our stuff out, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, some of it goes to his parents' house way upstate. He's from Plattsburgh, from yeah. way up top. Some of it goes to my parents' house in Syracuse. And uh, so now the place is empty, and we're just like, 
yo, let's go on a road trip. You know, <laughs> just everything, yeah, everything's moved out. We have our next lease lined up so we could just road trip around and then essentially as long as our last destination is Brooklyn, we're ready to move in. Yeah, you know, we'll yeah. just parallel park there and start wow, over. Wow. So we do. Yeah, how was and, that? <laughs> and uh, we did like real short because this was all basically planned by two idiots sitting sitting, <laughs> sitting in a... Uh, short tour. <laughs> yeah, so we did like roughly like 20 days but we did the whole country we did like 7500 miles going walmart to walmart so we just (laughs) uh we didn't we knew we had to move so if you do a road trip don't do it right before you're moving to the most expensive city (laughs) um yeah yeah. because it really limits what you're trying to do so we're like we're like no hotels uh (laughs) the cheapest food which you know just the wrong way to go about it but so we we went Walmart to Walmart, sleeping in the parking lots because wow. Walmart will give you 24 hours before yeah, they tow you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> another little, another little light bulb for anyone think, thinking of doing that. Secret we, of the game. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we got the Planet Fitness membership so that wow. we could shower wow, at Planet that's Fitness. That's so real. That's so real. Bro. Yeah. So we did this budget road trip, knowing that New York was the last, last and final stop. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we did 7,500 miles. We went all over the country deep down into the southwest as far actual south as austin texas Mm. um did a bunch of time in new mexico tucson arizona up into california and just kind of met up with old friends along the way couch surf walmart surf whatever and then uh came came back and yeah the trip back uh i guess it would be back east we came from California back east meandering and the last stop was Brooklyn wow man yeah, yeah. and so we were here for uh we we arrived pretty much on New Year's Eve of <laughs> going into trying to do the mental math I guess it would be going into 2015 yeah, yeah. and uh yeah, arrived pretty much on New Year's Eve, and wow. that was our intro to New York. That and then we crazy. And then we settled in this this <laughs> house that we described earlier that we're thinking is just you know like a place to crash, whatever. And sure enough, we walk into like this creative mecca, mm. and uh, it was it was very surreal. It yeah. was it was the ultimate like I, it was almost it's looking back on it, it was almost not fair because it was mm. like there was no real. Sure, there's always going to be the struggle with money and making friends and everything, but there was no real New York struggle of like, like okay, I show up with this bag, I'm a painter, what do I do now? I kind of showed up and was just, the place that my name happened to be on a lease was already establishing itself wow. as these people doing things. So yeah, right off the yeah. bat, I'm tagging along with Ben to these events that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. And he's bringing me there, kind of wingmanning me into this scene. Thank thank you eternally for that, Ben. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, we're going to see Vinny's band perform at these cutty little dives in all around Manhattan and mm-hmm. just having the time of our life. And uh, it was just this seamless, creative transition that was actually beautiful looking back on it. That's but, amazing, man. That's yeah. amazing. And, and that just goes to show, like, I feel like just hearing you explain that transition from Syracuse to New York, it's like you were already psychologically preparing yourself for that. Absolutely. So like, it's like you were already putting that energy into the world. Like this right. is going to happen. You already decided it as like fact. So like when you actually got there, like the situation actually met you there. Right. You know, so it's like you, you, you already did laid the foundation of like mentally preparing yourself for that. So when you got there, like you said, it's like it was almost already ready for you to thrive in. You yeah. know, and actually grow and build up all of these things that you were like hoping to. So that's just like confirmation that you definitely made that happen, man, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was it was just one of those things where 
It was, it was very cool to show up into a new place, especially a place as overwhelming as New York, and almost have, you know, the first few months of plans handed to me. You know, I didn't show up, unpack, and then I sit in an apartment, and I'm immediately homesick, and I'm just like, what am I doing next? I showed up, and Ben's like, well, tonight we're going here, <laughs> or, or Vinny's like, we're going to Rockaway. I'm going surfing. And I, you know, that's that's exactly. I never went surfing, right. today, but, but just just for the sake of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so show up and kind of have you know have this like buffet of options mm. waiting for me, and I didn't even know it. You know, yeah, yeah. so and same with Jordan. Jordan walked right into this environment that um, everyone knew someone in need of something, someone who he could benefit from, whatever. So we just kind of came as as this fish that had just left a pond and immediately started to grow in this ocean and yeah it was amazing that's awesome man so what were you gravitating towards at this time were you going with ben to like art shows and things like that and sort of like learning like what was that experience like if you're just doing the the t-chart of syracuse new york even just the right off the bat me jordan ben Vinny, and this this little group of us every single thursday were we're in Chelsea, gallery, yeah. gallery hopping, drinking wine. Thursdays, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, kind of doing this this budget New York thing yeah. that everyone does as just, I guess, this intro to New York. And then, I mean, I still do it, not as often, mm-hmm. but uh, that was something that there's, there's no night in Syracuse, let alone a night once a week that you can think, uh, I'm going to go go see art that I had no intention of seeing. Yeah. You know, you might walk in and see something that, when you walk out you're snickering and you're like that was a joke but Mm -hmm. hey you saw it Mm -hmm. you know maybe it didn't click with you or you'll walk in and see it and by the time you're walking out of the gallery you've just in my head i'm thinking like all right i gotta get get every book that guy's ever done (laughs) this was amazing yeah 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 um so like that that just didn't exist and that that's just the actual formal gallery stuff then i start tagging along with ben to just these little events he knows of these little networking opportunities because he's working with the main idea um or this might have been a little before that but he was already established in that group of friends so there might be these doors that open there for these little events like i remember going to uh RSVPing, which even that was new to me, the concept mm, of an RSVP. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm immediately feeling like a celebrity, which is, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but so I remember RSVPing to, let's say, like private skate jams at there used to be the indoor Nike skate park, not too far from here, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, going to these private skate events, and in that crowd, like I. I remember for the first time seeing Kristen Tejera, who's now a great friend of mine mm-hmm. and an amazing painter. And that kind of, this is within two weeks of moving here and these yeah. things are I'm like oh my god that's someone whose art I've followed for years and we're in a private skateboard event and you know just this kind wow. of snowball effect through this little circle of friends I had through the Instagram posts where you see the little fine text of RSVP and we had nothing else to do so mm-hmm. we're like hell yeah, let's yeah we'll be there you know absolutely. yeah that's so real man so <clears throat> so like now that you're sort of like engaging in all these opportunities like what did you take from it was it something where you're like okay now i gotta create like i gotta add to this this world that i'm experiencing like i have a voice in this like what what was that for like for you yeah and yeah i mean it it lights the fire because if if you're in this circle and let's well you're not you're not in the circle you know i've just moved here i'm just a a kid that's just bopping around event to event in new york i'm seeing these people in the crowd that are getting me they're like lighting a fire inside me i'm getting pumped to see these people Mm. and it kind of makes you think like you you got to be the next one that someone's pumped to see you know so when i maybe in three years at that next event the kid who's just moved to new york then sees me you know Mm -hmm. rather than just being another face there drinking free wine doing whatever it's like 
oh dude that's hunter i i heard his story on on that podcast mm-hmm. you know there he is you know so it's like you lights this fire to to start contributing to new york and if if this place is is allowing me to go all, to all these events through just a email that says rsvp hunter so if it's giving all of me this it's like i kind of want to give it something yeah, you know so yeah. like let's feed this system wow so that that lights this fire to to just start giving back to these things that are right off the bat of me moving here already giving to me you know and to help because if that scene needs fuel you know it's gotta you gotta keep putting wood on the fire or you know there's gonna be no point to these rsvp events to these mm. whatever these galleries should you know why have free galleries on a thursday if no one's gonna go or if they can't find the next talent to mm. do the next thursday 10 years down the road you know so it's wow, like yeah. it kind of lights this fire to like this is new york is giving this to me like let's give to new york you know that's real and i think that's sort of like the the beautiful thing about the city it's like the the immediacy of it it's like absolutely it's either like you said it's either contributing or you're not yep you know and those who usually aren't contributing usually don't make it here or don't last you know so like i feel that's a great point it's like even within our creative circles it's like that should be like a healthy mind state what am i bringing to the table right like how am i creatively contributing to the the overall picture here yep you know and i think that's what that's the real goal is to have people like just like you were inspired by other people's work like that should inspire you to be that for someone else absolutely you know and like even if it's unconscious you're not even thinking about like oh this is going to be an inspiration for somebody it's like just by you sort of creating from your heart and creating something that's dope fresh and original like that will automatically inspire someone yeah so so that's dope to see man yeah and and it's and it created a set of goals a lot of those goals Mm. that are still active like i remember going to my first soho arts club show Mm. which before they had the bowery whatever the space before the bowery was i can't maybe it was on uh like wooster or something but uh i remember going to my first soho arts club show which is you know people a tier or two above me but still attainable and um sponsored by adidas skateboarding and they're throwing out free sneakers into the crowd there's art on the walls it's sponsored by arizona and you got to keep in mind this is a kid that just came from syracuse yeah i've I've never seen free sneakers you know what i mean (laughs) and so uh so i'm just i'm mind blown you know and that's that's still become a goal Mm. Uh, right then i thought you know because i'm it's not like you're going in and you're looking at picassos you're looking at people that theoretically are just a little above you or if maybe not even those are your peers Peers. showing their art and that's badass you Mm. know and that's cool and so that establishes this goal of like man i want to show at soho arts club Mm. and that's a goal that i'm still fighting for you know and i i got friends that do that you know that are crushing it shout out triumph um henry he Mm. you know he just finished up with soho arts club and adidas skateboard he just finished his tour in basel miami Mm -hmm. and that's huge i just met him a couple weeks ago by the way yeah he's the real deal (laughs) yeah Yeah. but you know that that's huge but i remember those first couple shows where i didn't know him personally yet to be honest i didn't even know his art yet because i was Mm. just entering the scene but his name was on the flyer Mm. and sure enough when i meet him face to face he's my he's younger than me so he's he's literally the definition of a peer you know Mm. this is just a kid that if i met him if if i had met him outside of that context it would have been no different than meeting anyone else you know what i mean so that lights that fire of like dude this kid is doing it you know like i want to do this you know yeah that's that's like a healthy perspective to have you know it's especially when you have creative friends doing things that are inspirational you know like that's such a healthy perspective to have like because i really you know want to see more of that happening where like our creative community is like all sort of lifting each other up mm-hmm. you know and not just feeling like there's only room for just one person or like one type of you know 
art or creativity. Like that's what I really, you know, hope to see more of happening because you see it in other cities and even other countries too. It's like their creative scene is all they have. Yeah. So like they're they're gonna fight for it, right? You know, and they're gonna make sure that like if one if one person in the group is like killing it, like we're gonna all support them, right? You know, and vice versa. So like I would love to see that more happening here in New York, right? You know, for sure. And, and that that's another thing that actually now that you say it, I hadn't even really I guess conceptualized that before, but when you say when you're asking like taking away from that time with uh, in Bushwick in the basement and meeting these people and stuff is that now so you've developed this skill set and there, there's unlimited opportunities in New York once once you've put your name in that pool as you're capable of painting you're capable of doing a mural whatever um, you know people are going to come to you but in terms of helping each other out and kind of keeping keeping the circle growing and, and keeping the circle rolling is it's like something that I firmly believe is is like don't be afraid don't be afraid to to nominate the next guy you know mm. if someone comes to me like I, I did some time painting signs for colossal media I was an apprentice for them we'll probably talk about that a little later yeah. but uh it became you know and, and now I'm a bartender uh, to pay the bills and stuff so if I meet these people at the bar that here I used to paint signs whatever I'm the first one to be like sure yes I'm I'm capable of that but I know a B C D E F G mm. that are better at it than me and those are my homies yeah. and I, I yeah. know that that they that's what they're tr i'm not trying to paint signs mm. i sure maybe i could it would not be as good as a real sign painter like but pump that dude up yeah, you know you know yeah. send that job to mm. so and so do that you know you need whatever done and i think it's in a style that i think triumph let's just use him as an example i think he would yeah. be better that job's going to him right. you know as it should right. because when you start when you a you're gonna burn yourself out b people are you're not gonna make the best work and it's just why are you being that greedy this is mm. new york there's mm. millions of people here that could use that sign job that could right. use that painting job so hook them up and then when triumph hears about a job that he thinks my style is perfect for he's gonna bounce it right back absolutely you know and I, and I think that having that mindset is like pivotal man because when i when i see my friends doing that like that that's sort of like the fire that, that gets me going because like giving your other friend like work or giving him an opportunity like that only just comes back to you, you yeah know? like you're setting the president like you're you're really like putting that out there putting that energy out there and like it, it just comes back in, in right. ways you may not even expect you know right. and like you know people are going to look out for you in that same way you know so, so i see that happening for sure and, and a, a beautiful example of a, a, a real like job that that happened with the snowball effect is mm. through again through my friend Kristen. Um, there's an architect, Brent Buck, who anytime he has a green construction fence, which there's millions of in New York, he yeah. got sick of looking at the green fences. He pays a painter to come, and for the duration of the project, to put up murals used very lightly here. It's just put up whatever they want. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be cohesive. It could be a tiny whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, and when you finish yours, he asks, he asks for three names moving forward. Mm. And so it's creates this continuous like yeah. little snowball effect and Kristen did one that someone had referred her then she referred me then I referred um three of my friends who wow. are now being you know and it's like that's amazing that's, because yeah. wow. it'd be it'd be real lame if he used with them with a million green construction fences that he's working on why are you only using the same four painters mm. you know so that even kind of like that adds unpredictability and adds trust in my word that when I finish he likes the product whatever he's trusting my word to be like yeah man go to taj mm. triumph and joe smo yeah. and he just because he's trusting that 
the artist network is strong enough that this artist can put on these other artists, wow. which yeah. is amazing. That's you know, and it keeps things fresh. You Absolutely. know, <laughs> I guess that's the dope yeah. part about it. That's crazy. I didn't even know that. That's yeah. like such a dope concept to have. Like, shout out. To, what's his name? Brent Buck. Brent Buck. Shout out to him for that. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Wow. So. Like now that you're creating and sort of like now contributing to the New York scene, what was your sort of process like? Did your like art change at all? Did your did your like perspective and like what you were communicating sort of um, evolve a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I've had I've had a couple shifts. Um, sadly enough, some of them were they're they're all learning experiences, but some of them are influenced by the pressure of New York to pay the bills to adjust everything. Because I I came here with. Like I said, I'd been working construction, bartending at night, so I come here with the attitude of, like, you know, now I'm a painter. Yeah. I'm never bartending again, <laughs> which you quickly realize is, is just not going to be an option. Yeah, so, yeah. so right at first, when I'm actually, you know, I did my first, I think, like six months here, not even necessarily by choice, mm -hmm. but just living solely off of painting and s without even realizing it or maybe without even wanting to admit it, you're slowly starting to do paintings that before they're even finished you're thinking to yourself like like oh what would make this sell mm -hmm. which that's the worst way to go mm -hmm. about it but when you got bills due and you don't have a backup job you better believe that's how you're going to be thinking mm -hmm. about it you know mm -hmm. so that so i've done a couple sways like that whether it's in between jobs or whatever where i don't want to make the call back home i want to pay these bills on my own so suddenly the money starts to influence it which is awful that's mm -hmm. no way to go about it mm -hmm. so a little quick snippet of advice is if you're coming here to pursue an art just get a, I, I joke with my group of friends, it's like a, a life pause job. Mm. Just get, you know, whether it's waiting tables, uh, being a barista, tending bar, whatever. Something that you can, I'm not saying you need a career, but something that's going to allow you to kind of pause all those things you're worried about. Mm. Now your rent's paid, now you're everything, and now that art is organically your art. Wow. You're not doing it to sell. Yeah. So I had a couple phases like that, and then I had a couple phases where I took jobs in the art world i was a studio assistant for takashi murakami mm. um one of his production assistants and you know that paid the bills and everything but that also when you're screen printing and painting for 12 hours a day in someone else's studio mm. unless you're superman when you get home you probably don't want to paint have that yeah. energy for yourself right yeah. so you know that that might have and that might even be for that little period of it was only a few months but that might have made me bitter so maybe if we mm. were to look at all my work back then for those three months maybe it would be a little jaded mm. because i'm i'm painting for some other dude who's the third wealthiest artist in the world and i'm paying my rent with his paycheck you know right, it, like right, right. but not a glorious paycheck yeah. i'm paying it yeah and so you know maybe that was bitter or so i've i've definitely felt those outside things of new york influence phases of my art but that that's just the ones that you can actually trace you know with with arrows and point a to point b this is where i was working this is the outcome but then there were also things in new york that yeah man that you would never expect like i let's say this is a complete made-up example this doesn't apply to mine but let's say you move here and all of a sudden you're just obsessed with the color yellow mm -hmm. and that's in every single painting and you've never liked it before well yeah man you walk around new york all you see are yellow cabs right. all you see are yellow lights and people honking at intersections mm -hmm. and yellow yellow in new york city has a whole different weight than yellow has in farm town syracuse mm -hmm. you know what i mean absolutely, absolutely. so and uh, i guess that's not entirely made up i love the color nah. yellow. <laughs> um yeah but uh but you know there there's things happening to me i'm sure every day that i have that are 
part of New York that I might not be able to put my finger on. But yeah, I, I like to think that in 10 years, if I've left here and I'm living in the middle of nowhere, Montana, I'd like to think that my New York art is going to be noticeably New Yorkier yeah, than my no, Montana art. Absolutely, you know? absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So you also mentioned that that you were working uh, for Colossal for some yep. time. Like, what was that experience like? Uh, it was it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was just a mind blowing experience. So I I applied for them for years, even before moving to New York. I had been shooting off applications for their apprenticeship program, mm-hmm. and uh, through a strange series of events of meeting Jason Coatney, who's their senior painter. Honestly, on a technical level, probably the best painter in New York City, in my mm-hmm. opinion. He's a wizard with a paintbrush um, and color theory and everything but so I met him on the sidewalk there was an opening and whatever got this slot and I remember and those dudes are not joking when they say (laughs) 24-7 365 they're painting they are the gnarliest painters in New York Mm. it's I I couldn't keep up that's what it Mm. came down to I did it for 10 months and uh, I was tired and not not even I, I mean tired metaphoric like we talked about earlier i would get home and suddenly my own work was suffering because mm-hmm. we'd been painting 24 7 365 yeah, you know and yeah. so i made the i kind of made this mental t-chart or this mental scale and weighed out this prosperous career that colossal would allow for where you know benefits retirement everything paintbrush in hand every day and then on the other side of it was just this romantic notion of just being a fine artist make rather than painting advertisement for colossal painting whatever came to my mind painting those yellow cabs and taxis mm. that we just talked about whatever yeah and uh i don't know i tossed it up and i guess i i left the security of colossal mm. and i resigned on good terms and everything but um yeah so i did 10 months as their apprentice probably learned more in that 10 months than i did at, in four years of fine art school at the university of vermont it was wild yeah it sounds like an amazing experience you know and and it's almost like going through that time of like almost like uh boot camp of sort of like honing your skills and like learning different techniques and and using that stuff to to be able to like now inform now that you have the time and the creative energy to create your own work learning those fundamentals and like learning those skills and even the repetition of it probably is like you know up to your game even more yeah you know definitely yeah and that and that was that was just being around truly being around paint all the time there was something that you know again i can't put my finger on what that did in terms of knowledge or in terms of just appreciation for it or anything but when you when you're clocking into work at 6 a.m and you're and you're not clocking out until you know 7 p.m and every minute of that day even on your lunch break you had paint on your hands Mm -hmm. and that that's amazing you know that's and the the guys that have been doing that like i said this is coming from someone that only made it 10 months you Mm -hmm. know before i caved and chased the you know the the white rabbit of fine art Mm -hmm. but uh you're talking like the guy i mentioned before jason codney um you know he's been commercially painting for pretty much his entire adult life and so you think of someone that you know that's why i say i think he's probably the best painter in new york does he have a sold out gallery show no but he's been day in day out 12 hours a day painting for you know 20 years you know so i'd be willing to bet that no matter no matter who's showing at what gallery i'd be willing to bet that jason coatney knows more about paint appreciates more about paint and just I mean, paint is his life. Yeah, you know, and yeah. that and that's wow. that's something that you might not see in fine art. Right. And that was another 
heartbreaking thing about leaving is that you can love fine art and you can love being alone in your studio and working by your own hours but there's something amazing to think that these fleet of dudes colossal media is paying their way through new york you know they, mm. they have the same stress for rent everything and they're doing it with a paintbrush yeah no matter yeah. what anyone says mm. and that's that's i have infinite respect for those dudes absolutely man now that you're sort of like at the place that you are now in your career and, and even just life what, what's your outlook has it changed from when you first got to new york like where, where are you at now like give us an update mm. <laughs> I'm, sm- I'm smiling as you're asking that daydreaming um i'm uh I'm hungrier. Mm. I uh, leaving Colossal played played part in that too. Like I remember talking with um, my girlfriend Nikki, who I should give a little shout yeah, out. Shout out oh, yeah. yeah, shout out Nikki. <laughs> and uh, that that's another. And now now I live with Nikki, and mm-hmm. she's a she's a boutique baker. She does custom wedding cakes and everything. So in her own realm, she's pumping out just as much art yeah. as I am, just in a totally different material. So that's pretty fascinating to live with and date Absolutely. and all that she drives me nuts but I love her. and uh so when i'm leaving colossal you know i go to nikki who's kind of my soundboard for for life at this age and i'm like she's like well you know if you make this if you leave this safety you know right now you're tied up on shore your boat's at the dock it's safe you, you know everything's gonna be good you're gonna clock in have a paintbrush in your hand have a paycheck whatever so if you leave that if you untie your boat and go out to sea you know if if you half-ass it now then Mm. it's like what did you do why'd you untie your boat you know yeah and so so to make that decision that just made me even even hungrier Mm -hmm. of like all right now it's not hunter working for colossal this is hunter working for hunter yeah so there's there's no turning back now and there's certainly no option for failing because Mm. it's like it's not like oh the company went out of business it's like no man you were the company you blew it you know so i'm i'm hungry i you know i had a show uh um in early november another keyword of advice never have your opening the same the same night as your birthday things <laughs> things got a little hairy yeah. a little quick um, that was a dope show i was there as well i was a dope yeah. show man yeah where was it for people uh at chinatown soup in the yeah. lower east side on orchard yeah how was that experience just sort of like setting up leading up to the show and, and sort of having it like presenting it uh it was amazing yeah. it was the chinatown soup which is run by um this girl michelle she was fantastic really helpful the whole way um, curated the show, helped with all the press and everything. So the turnout was amazing. Yeah, it was great. It was it was actually just very exciting to have to have dates set in stone, so yeah. that when you're putzing around your studio, you know that uh, November third, I gotta have these mm-hmm. these done and hung and everything. So that was exciting, and then just to see it all come together was amazing. Yeah, that got like that little taste. It's almost like the gateway drug of showing your art. Mm-hmm. That got that little taste, and people are in the room stoked for you and stoked about you and um and so it's just like yeah you want more you know you want a you want a bigger show with a bigger turnout not even maybe that's the wrong way to say it not necessarily bigger you just want another show another Mm -hmm. i don't care if one person shows up Mm -hmm. i just want i want that one person to come and kind of validate the fact the fact that i'm spending 10 hours a day in my my makeshift studio and be like damn hunter is a painter yeah you know absolutely absolutely yeah. man so now that you sort of can sort of look back and see like where starting at syracuse was for you and sort of like learning and like getting into even art in general like do you feel like now like it's, it's crazy you mentioned like you started off doing graffiti work 
now you're like in the the mecca of graffiti yeah. in New York City and sort of like now doing your own thing and, and like creating in your own way. Do you feel like you know it's almost further confirmation of like your life path? You know, and just sort of like that that transition from where you were to where you are now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no turning back. It's I, I've become so just obsessed and, and fallen so in love with painting and New York and there's the, this is it absolutely. Yeah, that, absolutely this is it yeah and if it's I'm not saying this is it in the sense that I'll be the next Warhol or anything I just mean this as a whole this is it if it doesn't work out with my actual hand and brush then you better believe I'll be involved in the scene in some way helping some dude with more talent than me get his next gallery show or whatever have have the apartment with a cheap subletted room that the next hunter potter moving from syracuse can come and get his stepping stone or there this scene is it that's what i mean by this is it i don't mean you know i'm gonna be some sold out amazing history book painter i just mean art and contemporary painting and new york in 2018 and onward is this is it that's real man yeah and, and just even hearing that man it's like I, I'm really like encouraged and like inspired by even hearing like your story because I, I just feel like there's just so much to learn from your path and your journey and even your mind state and your mindset about how you approach things, how you approach your own work and how you approach helping others and help making sure that everyone is like getting from the scene and getting from the creative community the same that you are. Yeah. You know, like that, that means a lot, man. So I'm really like inspired by, by what you're going to do. You yeah. know, I think that, you know, you, you have definitely the, the formula and we're just all just going to watch and sort of be, you know, you're going to look back on this conversation and be like, yeah, I was, remember about talking about that. Now, yeah. And then like stuff's just going to happen, man. So like once again, man, I, I really appreciate you being on the podcast, for joining us, sharing just even a little bit about you. You know, there's just so much to learn from. So definitely once again, man, really appreciate it. And, and how can people get in contact with you, your work and, you know, the things that you're doing? Yes, you can, uh, and thank you for having me. Mm. Of course, before I ramble on more about myself, <laughs> th thank you. Yeah, um, this was amazing, and uh, you can kind of do all the the easiest way would be, I guess, just to follow along the Instagram because that's you know coming right out of my pocket on an iPhone. Mm. Um, that's at Hunter by Potter, Hunter B Y Potter, and uh, for a more formal look, you can go to my website, HunterPotter.com. And uh, those are really the Instagram's the only social platform I use. And uh, I guess just kind of check in occasionally and come along for the ride. I leave at the end of February, I leave for a month for a residency at the Golden Foundation. Nice. Um, so, so soon for a month, I'll either be, depending on the cell phone service there, yeah, I'll either no. be on the radar or even more on the radar, depending sure. on how <laughs> lonely and cooped up I am. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I'll be painting for a month up there. And yeah. Tune in and keep tabs. Once again, thank you, man. This thank is, you. Yeah, man. So this has been The Open Canvas with Taj Alexander and my good friend Hunter. And wow. Thank, thank you, you. Man. Yo, that was dope, yo. You killed that shit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> to find out more about The Open Canvas, hit up our website, theopencanvas.com. Also stay tuned to our Instagram, at The Open Canvas. And for any questions or inquiries, hit up my email, Taj, T-A-J, dot open canvas at gmail.com this has been the open canvas produced by taj alexander